Welcome to the world according to me. I'm Roger Berkeley. My strongest impression of Dr. Susan Hefferman is that laugh. I never had to see her enter a room. Her joyful laugh preceded her and it announced her entry. Her ability to cut through the crap demonstrated her clarity of thought and insistence on facing truth with directness and grace. Dr. Sue died a couple of weeks ago, and our lives are emptier for it. Well, Elaine and I, right now, are celebrating our 44th anniversary. It's been a long, strange trip filled with laughter and love and surprises of a mixed bag. It's always a mixed bag. Of course, the best has been our children. Sarah and, uh, what's his name? The boy child. Oh, Dan. When she was a toddler, Sarah noted a key difference between them. She told me, and I quote, Daniel has a penis. I has a vagina. For those of you who either haven't been through this, or don't remember, let me give you a real-world example. When the laundry needed to go upstairs, Elaine asked Dan to take it up. He cheerfully said, Sure, Mom. Hey, the laundry never went upstairs, but at least he was pleasant about ignoring it. And he asked Sarah, Would you please take the laundry upstairs? Her response was, why? Dan's laundry and your laundry is in there too. The laundry didn't go upstairs, but Sarah sure wanted to know us, to know what her logic was. Now, Sarah has two boys and Dan is about to have his first. I want to be able to see them learn that that payback is a bitch. Of course, Sarah reminds me repeatedly who's picking our nursery home. That used to be a joke. Now, it's a threat. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Getting old is not for the faint of heart, but it's not the time to crawl under a rock either. Now, I love stand-up comedy. Often lately, we hear funny comics talking about how are they, they're getting so old. They're 49 years old, and they're slipping. 49? Really? Cut me some slack. I also, we also hear about their long 20-year marriages, and the audience laughs at this. Hey, when you're 70 and married for 40 years, or married for a multiple marriages, adding up to 40 years. If so, then come back to me to talk about old age. 
I like to note that there are multiple stages of marital sex. I used to think of three stages. Now I've discovered a fourth. First, you have sex all over the house. You know, the kitchen table, the living room carpet. You get the idea. Second, after you have kids, sex is confined to the bedroom with the door locked. If the kids walk in on you, that means the cost of even more years of therapy. So lock the doors. When you become empty nesters, you hit the third stage, hallway sex. That's when you pass each other in the hall and say, fuck you. The fourth stage is when you sit on the sofa t- together trying to remember what sex was. Hey, we must have had sex because we have kids. I recall eating all those lollipops I brought for you to keep your throat moist. Now, that's old. Old is going out for dinner with friends at 5 o'clock, of course. I mean, that's dinner time. And everyone talks about their health woes. It would be better if each of us just typed up a, uh, a health status sheet to give to everyone so we can move on. I'm not fond of good old days discussions. There really were no good old days. These are the good old days. I love technology. Even the technology I can't figure out, which, of course, is most of it. Without FaceTime, we'd virtually never see our grandsons up in Massachusetts. Now we see them every day, whether they care to or not. Uh, I have a a better perspective. I was a New York Giants, that's baseball, fan. I disliked the Yankees and just hated the Brooklyn Dodgers. To be fair, I still hate the Dodgers. But I got to see Mantle, Berra, Whitey Ford, and Phil Rizzuto play. I actually watched Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series. I understand how fortunate I was to see Jackie Robinson, Don Newcomb, Roy Campanella, Junior Gilliam, Pee Wee Reese, and the rocket arm of Carl Farilla play for the hated Dodgers. While his steady defeats of the Mets pisses me off, Greg Maddox was one of the greatest pitchers to play baseball. Right up there with Connie Mack um, and, uh, and, Walt, and Walter Johnson and Christy, did I say that? Christy Matthewson? I'm getting old. I forget stuff. Even my Mets have stunned me occasionally. Of course, it started with Willie Mays, baseball's goat and the New York Giants. But Tom Seaver was a delight to watch. Still, the superstars of the future are still to be revealed. I hope to see many of them, like Mike Trout, continue their marches towards greatness. I've had my own shows of baseball greatness. I played softball on the field behind the Whitehall Apartments in the Bronx, the home of the New York, which was the New York home of Willie Mays at the end of his career with the Mets. The way the game was played was this. The first 10 people who showed up were the first team. The next were the second team and so forth. Your team kept playing until you lost. 
So one Sunday, I ended up on a team with Sehe. He played shortstop. I played second base. He batted left-handed. So with a man on first, a grounder was hit to Mays. He fielded it and flipped it to me. I was thinking double play. I'm an idiot. But I managed to get the force out and then decided to make the pivot to get the double play. Only my sneaker hit second base and I went face down in the dirt and the ball rolled a few feet away. Mays walked over and picked up the ball and with a big smile said, shit, white boys. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Now let me ask you, did you laugh at Louis C.K.? He was funny, right? Guess what? He's still funny. Have you laughed at Woody Allen's movies? I have. Because they were very funny. And they still are very funny. Should we ban those comic geniuses because they are personally guilty of reprehensible behavior? A lot of people who have been doing awful things for millennia, but who have contributed important things to civilization. Think about it. Thomas Jefferson, one of our fabulous founding fathers and the writer of the Declaration of Independence, was not only a slave owner, but a serial rapist as well. He took his favorite victim, who had no choice, Sally Hemings, with him to France. Yet he's revered by pundits and politicians right and left because he was brilliant and a visionary, and also devoid of a moral compass in many ways. We excuse Jefferson, but not Woody Allen or Louis C.K. All three were deeply flawed. But we are, are we required to ignore what they did well? Richard Pryor, a true comedy genius, told the truth and really didn't care who he offended so long as they laughed. And good grief, (laughs) did I laugh? His films with Gene Wilder were gems, but he offended lots of people because it was funny. I could care less. Recently, I've heard people slashing away at Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle walks the line between hilarious and offensive all the time. He's bound to come down on the side that pisses me off from time to time. But mostly he tells the truth, and that breaks me up. I'm old enough to have studied the history of the disgusting, despicable treatment of black people in the United States. I also know about the millennia of persecution to which Jews have been subjected. Jews and black people marched and acted together after World War II. If you're Jewish, you understand that if there's a group that is being crushed anywhere, eventually Jews there will become the victims too. In my lifetime, a lot of my Jewish acquaintances, mostly from my parents' generation, to whom the Holocaust had been current events, made black Americans the butts of jokes and discriminatory behavior. So there was little reason for for black citizens 
to see Jews in a positive light. The attitude was, well, at least it's not us this time. It was also true that Jews were involved in the slave trade because they were banned from owning property. So they took on some horrible jobs. And this was not a horrible job at the time to survive. This didn't improve the relationship between the two groups at all. Consequently, there's a lot of antipathy between them to this day. That antipathy has been exploited by the privileged white majority to suppress the American dream for blacks, Jews, Asians, Latinos, and of course, Native Americans who have continually been threatened with extinction. The reality is that by some point in the next decade or so, white Christians will no longer be the majority. Today, the main dividing line is wealth. But if you're Jewish, a Jewish or black billionaire, you can count on your wealth to be siphoned off to the big money that really runs around thing, runs things around here. We all need to pay more attention to George Carlin, who was thigh-slappingly funny, but at our expense. There are so many of us non-billionaires that our votes could equalize life in the United States. If the wealthy were suddenly to stop shutting down our ability to, excuse, to exercise the franchise— and we stop being stupid enough to let them use their lifestyle agenda to drive us apart. As we cross into 2023, I hope more people will make H, what H.L. Mencken correctly wrote, no one has ever lost money betting against the American people to be less and less true. I hope that you and your friends and your family will find happiness, enlightenedness, and, uh, oh, yeah, one more thing. You know, I hope that one more billionaire, Steve Cohen, who owns the Mets, and that I hope he succeeds in spending the team to the World Series. So, for now, that's what I have to offer. I know it's been a month, but, you know, life goes on, and when you get old, life goes on at a pretty good clip. Have a great time. I'll talk to you here again soon. Soon.